0: Farm Foundation is an outreach of the Permanent Baptist Churches of DeKalb County. Buildad Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Seven Springs community on New Buildad Road each Sunday morning at 10:30 and Wednesday night at 6:30. The Mount View Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Shiny rob community on Old Blue Springs Road each Sunday morning at 10:30. Your speaker today is Elder Joseph Arnold, pastor at the New Buildad Church.
1: We'll start in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and verse 6. In these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk with them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. That the word of God was to be spoken and taught diligently to the people that were in their homes. They were taught to the children. And when you drop to verse 19, It says, To cast out all thine enemies from before thee, as the Lord hath spoken. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies, and the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded? When they do these things, if they do them regularly, Is the plan that in time, the children will ask what it means. So when we come to the house of God and do the things that we do, what does it mean? What does it mean to you? I'm going to say something right now that I'm thankful that I am a primitive Baptist. I'm thankful that I was raised such. But it doesn't stay away from the fact that we should search for the truth and see what these things mean. Why do we do all these things? Let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In verse 23. It says, For I received of the Lord that which I also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he took the cup and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. So why do we do that? Why do we take those elements? In our case here, Bill, that we do it twice a year. Mount View does it once a year. Why do we do that? Here's the reason why we do that. It's found actually not very far away from here in the 15th chapter. In verse 3. Were delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. The bread that is broken and the wine that is partaken of is a representation of that act. The reason we do that is because Jesus Christ died on the cross, and we say we believe it was enough. We say that we believe that is the thing that secured the salvation of every child that he intended to have, without the fail of one. That that sacrifice was good enough. That's why we do that. When these children ask why we come up here and take those elements, that's why. Because we believe that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the elect family of God. And we believe they got the job done. We preach a successful Savior that done it all. When he died on the cross, it was enough. It was uh, exactly the right price for you. Not too much, not too little. And that's what we do when we take those things. Now, why is it we take those elements? First of all, it's the ones Jesus used. Now, I want to say that when you add 11, when you add doctrine, when you add things to it, it takes away from the service. And by the way, what they say is 100% grape juice if it spoils, it was not 100% pure. Because juice, if it's unchanged, it will turn to wine. It will ferment and become wine. Juice that spoils has had something added to it that was not necessary. Now, to prove that it was wine that was still being used in Paul's day is because, unfortunately, the church of Corinth had become drunken at these things, which was never the intent to begin with. Thankfully, I don't think we have any trouble with that in the Primitive Baptist as soon as we take the little shot glasses. That that takes down on that quite a bit. But when we do these things, we're looking at Jesus Christ. We are thinking about the sacrifice that he made. The next verse says that he was buried and then he rose again, the third day, according to the scriptures. Now, how many of us believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? And that is the only hope. You see, this entire chapter, the the balance of the rest of this chapter is talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the fact that that's going to be what resurrects you. The only way there's going to be a resurrection is if Jesus Christ does it. Now, what should be our response if we believe that? Let's go to the book of 1 Peter chapter 3. I told you I'd be moving you. Verse 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. The just Jesus Christ for you the unjust, your response. By which when he went, which by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which were sometime were which sometime were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was uh, preparing, wherein few. That is, eight souls were saved by water. You think about it, just eight compared to the amounts of people that were there in that day. That's not many. It was a remnant. Now, now Noah was not that much better than anyone around him. What did Noah find? Noah found grace. Why his grace unmarried to favor? He had the same sin nature the rest of them had. The like figure. Whereunto, even baptism doth now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. In other words, when I take you down to this water to baptize you, I'm not washing away one sin, because I can't do it. And it's not my job to do it, because Jesus Christ already done it. The baptism, what is baptism? It's not putting away filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You say you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, my friends, I want to tell you that the evidence also points that there is a resurrection of Jesus Christ. There are more than 10 ancient sources outside of the New Testament that claim Jesus Christ rose from that grave. And there are multiple ancient marks and stories and legends of a man that built an ark and eight people were on that ark. The things that the Bible say are always true including the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross. Medical science tells us such. Now, my friends, that he would not have died until he was ready. And the Roman soldiers couldn't kill him. But he could lay his life down for the sheep. But he also had the power to take it up again. Now, if you believe that he had the power to take it up again, you ought to be baptized if you haven't been already. I believe in those things. I believe they're true, and I believe they're the things that ought to be done. And you must be baptized before you can partake of the Lord's Supper we just spoke of. But when you ask what we why we do these things, we do them because we believe in a successful Savior. A savior of sinners like me. A savior of sinners like you. Have you ever done anything wrong? I got one knot in his head for sure. Are you thankful that Jesus Christ died and rose for that, what you've done wrong? Every bit of it to make you a fit subject for heaven. He's the only one that can do it. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. He didn't say you need to take me with him. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nothing else necessary. He said, I got the job. I got the job done, folks. There's only one way you're going to heaven and go to the Father, and that's me. Going to that cross for you. He knew where he was going from day one. He knew where he was going from the foundation of the world. To prove that, you can go to the book of Psalms 22, written centuries before Christ ever came, and it's a fit description of the crucifixion, even crucifixion hadn't even been created yet. Why? Because Jesus Christ knew what it was going to take to put you in heaven. He knew the end from the beginning, didn't he? The only way that you are going to heaven is Jesus Christ himself. And these things are answers to that belief. They are pointing to what you say you believe. And there's something else we do, isn't there? Let's go to the book of the Gospel of John, chapter 13. This was in discussion with someone this week. Why do we wash feet. The my, the thought of washing feet was kind of beyond our thoughts, isn't it? Well, let's see what it says. In verse 2, And supper being ended, the devil now having put into the heart of Judas Iscariot Simon's son to betray him, Jesus knowing the, that the Father hath given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God, and went to God. He rises from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself, and he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Now think about this. This is the God of heaven in a fleshly form. In him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Knew what it is to be on the throne of God. Is now at the feet of fishermen, disciples, and washing their feet. You got that in your mind? You know what the argument was among the disciples at this time? They were trying to figure out who the greatest of them was. Who was the greatest one at this point? Jesus, who's the one that should be the centerpiece of this church? I'll even tell you on this one. There's a church that me and Brother Ricky have been to in Atlanta, Georgia, or near Atlanta, Georgia. And this is the sign they have on their si- uh, church sign. The Bullen Springs Primitive Baptist Church of Christ. I don't have a problem with that. Because Jesus Christ is the reason we're here. And this is His church. Or it ought to be. As long as it preaches sound doctrine and has sound practice, it will be. And if it has those things, the Lord I believe will bless it. And this is a sound practice, folks. This is part of it. I believe this is an important part of the church. And sadly, there's a lot of churches that are missing it. Let's read on. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said, uh, saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Now that proves that this was not a normal practice of the day, because Peter was surprised what the Lord was doing. Jesus answered and said unto him, What thou, what I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Now I want you to hang on to that, that statement. We'll come back to it. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed, need not to save, to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore he said, For said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garment, he was set down again, and he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? It is apparently they are still a little bit mystified, isn't it? Here's why. You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think if you wash one another's feet, you have a part with the Lord Jesus Christ? Is that a way that we can have a part with Him? That's what He said. If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And then he turns around and says, You ought to wash one another's feet. Do you want to part with him? This is an opportunity to have that. It's not something we should omit. It's something we should embrace. Because here's the here's your mindset that you should have when you wash one another's feet. Here is the mindset. You find it in the book of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. Sermon on the Mount. Jesus Christ is on the mount, a place of part where He's going to teach. The first three things He teaches in this sermon. At verse 3 of the fifth chapter. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is someone who is poor in spirit? Is someone who realizes What they are. They are a bankrupt sinner in need of a Savior. They have no goodness to offer the Lord Himself. They have nothing. They are sinners like us. You want a biblical sound of someone who is poor in spirit? Think of the Apostle Paul said that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. My friends, you cannot explain. Uh, truly appreciate how amazing grace is until you see how bankrupt the sinner you are, how wretch you are. You see, you sing the song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound Saved a Wretch Like Me. And Paul said, "Oh wretched man that I am. Now that he used to be, now Paul used to be a wretched man when he wrote that. First of the church, didn't he? But he, even when he was writing the book of Romans, he said, rich man that I still am. Because he still had to deal with the sinful flesh all the time. Now, my friends, we do too. We members of the New build That Church have to deal with these things as well. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Have you ever mourned over your sins, mourned over the things that you have done wrong? When you realize how far down you are, you have the right mindset for having your having to do the feet washing because you're not prideful. You are thankful. And if you're thankful, you can assume the role of a servant. Jesus Christ assumed the role of a servant. And then he expects us to do the same thing. He left us an example. You see. Brother Ricky has made this statement at our community service on numerous occasions. you ought not be a thing that we do. you ought to be a way of life. And you're absolutely right, Brother Ricky. you ought to be the way with it. We ought to live like we think. know that the, Jesus is the Savior of sinners. He's given his example to be a servant one to another. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You do not have to tell anybody when you're meek. i tell you another one Elder Ricky had. One person said that he was going to take the cod. They had two beds in a motel room at a preacher's meeting. And the third preacher said, I'll take the cod to prove how humble I am. Well, folks, if you're truly humble, you don't have to prove it. And by the way, that was Elder Jeff Winfrey, and he is a fairly humble character. We love him to death here. But you don't have to proclaim to be humble. You show it in the way you live. When we do these things, we do them because He loved us that much. And if He loved us that much, we all love one another that much. So is it an unusual practice? It's becoming more unusual as the days go by. But it's something now I cherish. Many of them took the communion service have went on to be with the Lord. Some I've taken the communion service with no longer attend sometimes. That's unfortunate. But it doesn't change the fact. Jesus Christ saved sinners. And that's what I'm looking for when I do these things. I'm not going to make a child of God. It's not my job. I'm going to worship one that didn't make children of God He made them fit subjects for heaven. And if he said that I ought to wash one another's feet, if the Lord blessed me and do this more, I hope to do it again. And I certainly do believe in being baptized. But my friends, when you ask why we do these things, that's why we do these things. We serve a risen Savior. And He's given us an example to follow. Things to remember Him with, and then a mindset that we live with. All these things come under one heading. You see, all those things that, and there were many things that the Apostle Paul told the church at Corinth in those chapters, but the base of everything that the Apostle Paul preached at Corinth was based in this statement, and this is what I'll close with. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined to know nothing of Among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. All of it comes right back together to that statement. That's where Jesus was going when He did the things of the Last Supper. And then He tells them to do it in remembrance of what He done. What did He do? He was crucified. Why? To make you a citizen of the heavenly kingdom. And if you're thankful, you ought to be baptized and do these things. It won't add you to heaven, but add you to the church. It'll add you to the people that I've been associated with most of my life, all my life. Because I am thankful to be here at New Build That Church. Two hundred and... oh, we... Two hundred and thirteen years. I had to do the math in my head. Not because Build That Church is that great. But our Savior is, and He's worthy of our praise. May the Lord bless and keep his prayer. Thank you for listening to the Firm Foundation. If you'd like more information about the primitive Baptist churches of this area, you can email me, newbuildedpbc at gmail.com. Join us next week to hear another Bible-based message on the Firm Foundation.